It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. You know, Anthony, this was a gift from the French people, just like the Statue of Liberty in our harbor, just like them coming to our aid against the Brits in our revolution. Patrick Jouvet, in the middle of disco, dropped this song. And a lot of people said, a patriotic song in disco? Who's this guy? Oh, it's Patrick Jouvet. He's a Frenchman. You could actually dance to this and be patriotic, too. <laughs> Very good choice. Very good choice. Our DJ here. By the way, which uh, person of no consequences is today there? Yeah, Ryan. Ryan's helping us out here. Ryan. Uh, hipster millennial. I hate them. Yeah. I loathe them. But I so far, so them. good. He's one for one. Bringing in with some French disco. By the way, I heard one of your callers uh, make reference to me, uh, never being a never Trumper. That is true. Except I was alone for a long, I know. You long a lot, you time. You have a lot of company right now, Curtis. But... I'm sort of not wanting them as company because they're really not legitimate. It's almost like, uh, Anthony, in the old schoolyards of Brooklyn. You grew up in Park Slope. I grew up in Canarsie. When the bully gets taken down and then everybody comes off the sidelines and they start putting yeah. boots to the back of the bully's head. I really don't believe a lot of these people who are all of a sudden ever Trump is like Bodito, uh, Congressman Peter King. I listen to them and I say, you're the same guys that were attacking me for being a never-Trumper uh, because I had had a, a long relationship with Trump, a love-hate relationship before he was president for like 30 years. Well, what? Yeah, the other thing is, what exactly is the new information these people all have? That, that, that Trump is dishonest, that Trump is only out for himself, that Trump should not be making lies about the election? This is all information well, these guys have had a long time. They're saying because he didn't deliver on the midterm elections. Now, let me take you back because they forget very quickly. And um, I'm shocked because they were all big Ronald Reagan fans. Remember Ronald Reagan? I do. Two terms, conservative Republican governor in California, one of the last survivors of the Goldwater era of the Republican Party, and they all hated him. They said, this guy is way too conservative. We need a moderate. We need a moderate in there. And then Jimmy Carter came along. Remember, 76, gets elected president, uh, very similar in a lot of ways to Biden, not doing very well. He had midterm elections, and yet he maintained his majority in the Senate and the House, even though they lost a few seats. Reagan was out there campaigning like Trump for a lot of the more conservative Republican candidates, first in the primaries. Then he uh, accommodated and came out for them in the general election. So a lot of similarities here. Look, Congressman Anderson was one of many Republicans who wanted to run for in the Republican primary with Bush and Dole and Howard Baker and Lowell Weicker to stop Ronald Reagan. They said, conservative cannot win. In fact, Anderson ended up running as an independent candidate, right. Republican congressman from Illinois. So we've seen this before. In fact, when Ronald Reagan won against all odds in 1980, I remember at the Demo—excuse me, the Republican convention at Cobo Hall in uh, Detroit, Gerald Ford emerged, the moderate president, Republican, who had taken over for Nixon, said, we could have a co-presidency. I'll be your vice president. But in essence, it's a co-presidency again. A lot of Republicans did not trust Ronald Reagan. They say he's too hot-headed. Right. Don't give him the nuclear football. He's a John Bircher. Now, remember that name, John Bircher, QAnon now, Proud Boys, Oath Keeper. Back then, John Bircher's, and they were much more organized. You know, there was no social networking back then. So they would send you literature. And my cousin Jimmy was a cop, and he would get the John Bircher literature, and he would give it to me to read. And I'd read how Eisenhower was an agent of communism because his brother Milton was too liberal. I mean, you talk about, remember, uh, in the uh, water you had uh, uh, the very thing that has kept our teeth from rotting out. Speaking of the toothache I had in the last two days, it almost knocked me out for the count. 
But remember, the, the John Birchers would say, oh, my God, you put fluoride, fluoride in the water. Yeah. It's a communist party. They supported Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan did not disavow him because they were powerful. They had money. They had uh, an informational pipeline that a lot of the other groups didn't have. And so, in a way, in a lot of ways, Ronald Reagan was similar to Donald Trump, except you didn't have the 24-hour media cycle. You certainly didn't have Twitter and other ways that you could immediately vent out. Yeah, but here's the difference, though. The difference was, although Ronald Reagan was to the right of where the party was, and remember, you know, you, you, you made a glancing, a glancing reference to this, the Democrats had such fat majorities in the House and Senate like, they didn't have to worry. They can lose 20 or 30 seats in the, in the House, and they would, they would not have broken a sweat. It wasn't until 1994 that they finally lost the House. But Ronald Reagan at least had a philosophical Republican underpinning to his conservatism. It wasn't like, yes, I think a lot of Republicans said the country's not ready for a candidate that far right because he was only a hair to the left of, of Goldwater. Um, the difference today is every single Republican who is supporting Donald Trump, these institutional Republicans, these senators, these candidates, if you gave them truth, sir, and they would say, this guy's wackadoo, I don't believe anything he's saying, but I want to take advantage of this, of this support that he has, and I don't want to cross him. And my mystery is this week, what has changed? We did not learn a single new thing about Donald Trump. The same craziness he's been doing for years, if they were going to walk away, why walk away now? And, you know, I have to tell you, a lot of his supporters are probably wondering the same thing. He didn't do anything particular. He didn't election denying. He's been doing that for two years. Why suddenly are, are we going to find that as disqualifying? Just we I got to tell you, it's finally become clear the American people are going to drag down Republicans for it. I get that. They have a practical reason for wanting to run away from him. I mean, but I don't, you know, well, not, not really. Not, and I'll, let me explain it. Remember, it was a very bitter Republican primary. Bush uh, finally emerged over the other more moderate Republicans. In fact, remember, they had that debate on a stage in New Hampshire. This is my microphone. Right, in which they, they had only two candidates, and Reagan said, no, 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 I, I want Dole there. I want Baker there. I forget who else he wanted there. And they had a real battle over that. So the fact was is that Bush was anointed. He was going to be the moderate champion. Remember, pro-choice? Well, institutional, too. He was the more institutional, been around a little bit longer. Yeah. Right, but he was pro-choice, voodoo economics, he said, Ronald Reagan. And his number one enemy was Nancy Reagan. She would give him the evil eye, the maluk. Mm -hmm. She hated him with a passion. They finally get to the convention. He capitulates. Uh, he wanted Laxalt. Reagan wanted Laxalt as his running mate, the father of Laxalt now, yeah, yeah. who looks like he's going to lose that Senate seat. And believe it or not, 1% of the votes in uh, in Nevada are for nobody. They actually yeah, have a yeah, column. Yeah. Well, imagine you're tearing your hair out. Mm-hmm. Every vote counts. And you got voters who are voting for none of the above, yeah. none of the candidates. But the point was he wanted Laxalt, his friend. And the Republican Brain Trust, who had been with Reagan um, in Sacramento when he was governor, said, Are you crazy? First of all, there are no electoral votes. There's no difference between you and Laxo. This is going to be a bitter campaign here. You're, you're running against the sitting president. You better go uh, talk to Bush in Texas. I mean, those are a lot of electoral votes. And so they gave Bush the mandate, Bush 41. You got 24 hours to become pro-life. Nancy hates your guts. It's the only way you get on the ticket. 16 hours later, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden he had the Republican epiphany, which they all have. They go from pro-choice to pro-life. And that's how you got the ticket together of Reagan and Bush. They hated each but other. But bring it back to Trump. What's what's the Trump analogy? The Trump analogy is exactly the same. You have all these other Republicans now emerging. We've got to take out Trump. We've got to take out right. Trump. Look, he, he's going to run in the primaries. Yeah, there's no institutional Republican. Another big difference in the 1980s and today, the late 1970s and today, is there's no institutional party that can stop him. I mean, let's diagram what's going to happen. He is going to announce that he's running. Herschel Walker is going to lose by 10 points because of it. You know, it's like he's not, he's going to be stuck in this terrible situation with the DeSantis Trump. You mean even if the Bulldogs, Georgia, become the national (laughs) champions? It could be. I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) And and they hand it off to him right at the goal line. That's right. He, he, on on a fourth and one, they hand it off to the Senate candidate. But, and, and so Trump gets in. And then there's a there's a primary in Iowa or New Hampshire and somewhere else. Who be, who the heck beats Trump? 
DeSantis and DeSantis and the and the Florida National Guard couldn't beat Donald Trump. No, no, no. Well, look, they'll have a spirited battle, and I think eventually, as they wear each other out, some kind of accommodation will be made, just like with Reagan and Bush forty one. I don't know how that. It always goes. looks that way right now, and these are these internal wars. First off, every candidate before their election, the midterm election, were people saying, uh, Trump, don't, don't endorse me. Please don't endorse me. Look at Lawler up in mid-Hudson Valley. I'm watching the Maloney ads, right? Yeah. He's a Trump. <laughs> He's a Trumper. And Lawler did a good job. He beat Maloney. Next day, I want Trump out of there. I know. I know. Bla- Wait a second. No, Blake Masters was the same way. His whole campaign. This is why, this is why the, First instinct on the Republican Party is to say, listen, every, Donald Trump chose these nominees who are not good general election candidates. Hey, you know who looks good in all of this? Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer putting his finger on the scale for these pro-Trump guys, knowing that they would be weak candidates. But I don't see the scenario. I mean, if there is an election in Iowa right now, DeSantis gets beaten three to one. Now, I know it doesn't happen right now, but these insider guys, you have now let loose this this thing, this this force, this Trump support is they're not getting shaken from all this. I don't even see what the what the, and by the way, how do they make peace? What do they offer DeSantis? I mean, he doesn't want to be vice president to a losing candidate. Wait, let it play itself out. Well, we'll see. It's a long way. You know, they're already hypothesizing who's going to be the Republican nominee and what? We're a little less than two years away. I know, but two years, the, 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 the race is starting on when, when's he making this announcement? The 12th. He's going to make the announcement. He'll make the announcement. All right. And it, then it, the race begins. Well, it begins, but there's a lot of posturing that's going to go on in between. I don't you know. You got money people. You got other people who are going to weigh into this. I think we are no longer, uh, we're no longer live in a world that you can put the genie back in the bottle. This thing is let loose on this country. It's the only reason why Joe Biden's going to get reelected is he's running against he's going to be running against Donald Trump. I mean, do you, you really think he's going to run again? I mean, he is degrading by the day. It could be. I don't care if they wheel him out there weak and weak and Bernie style. He's running against Donald Trump. Donald Trump has shown us in 16, 18, 20 and 22 that he's not popular. If this inflation continues, if it's Carter-esque, Jimmy Carter-esque, remember how Reagan even with Anderson and the independent Republican who took 7% of the vote, he wiped out Jimmy Carter, who, by the way, uh, is much better I than, don't, listen, uh, I don't, than Joe I Biden. I don't deny the fundamentals are still bad for Biden, but we now are three or four days away. We just had a test case. People choose to say, I don't like him on inflation. I don't like him on the economy. I'm still voting Democratic because I don't like Trump. That's Bottom what they line. Did. That's what they did with Jimmy Carter. Okay. But we now we don't with all the all the players are the same. There's no variables. What do you think? Suddenly Donald Trump is going to get more popular in the country. He's not. He's an unpopular guy. And Donald Trump. Let's Ronald we, Reagan was never a popular guy. Well, I don't know if that's true. He wasn't. I don't know if that's true. He was not the kind of national. He tried to run for president in '68, failed. He tried to run in '76, yeah. he failed. He tried to run in '80, and they were already mustering up to don't, knock him you off. You know what? You know what, Curtis? I don't think that you can look at the normal politics of that era as having anything to do with today. Oh, yes, I you just can. don't. Th- I just think that Donald Trump is a is a sui generis force in American politics. He stands up and he says he's running. I he can't think of a primary he loses to any living human. Of course, there are primaries now, he can lose. He, there's so much that can occur between now and the primaries. That that means that they, they, these are primaries that he didn't lose in 16 and didn't lose in 15 and didn't lose in 20. I don't, don't believe it. Circumstances are different. Now, they really are I they, will tell, I'll are tell you they? what he's doing. Remember the famous scene in The Godfather when the wedding was taking place right. in Staten Island and he summoned in some of his consigliere's? I'm telling you, today is the Trump wedding of his daughter. He's got he's to gotta lighten up a little bit. He can't be so grumpy. But he will summon in. What is the, what is the thing from The Godfather? On the eve of your daughter, you can't say no to a favor, something right. like that. <laughs> he will summon in Roger Stone, who knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. And he will say, Roger, I need you again. You get me everything you can on DeSantis and anybody else who comes up on the radar screen. And remember... He lives that life. Roger Stone lives you're, you're, in the dark world. It's a movie. It's a movie. It, but it's true. It's not going to happen this Roger time. Roger Stone has done this before. You know, they, they, I mean, what does Occam's razor say? You know, like when you're trying to figure out a problem, take the most obvious solution is probably the one that's the most obvious thing is this is exactly the way it looks. Trump gets in. 
DeSantis has to decide whether he does. And I don't. There's nothing. Well, DeSantis is in it because he has no choice. He's term limited out. It'll never get better for him. He can't. He's not going to run against uh, uh, Rubio. He's not going to run against Scott for Senate. I'm not saying he doesn't run. I'm saying I don't see a scenario where Trump doesn't run, and I don't see a scenario where Trump loses. I hope they he does. I mean, this is not in a. He keeps winning primaries this year. Trump guys won primaries. He all over the place. He's popular within the Republican Party. He's going to lose in 2024, and it's the only person maybe Joe Biden can beat. But he's winning primaries left and right. What evidence do you have that Donald that Donald Trump because is going to lose a primary? Republicans want to win right across the board. No, they can't voters do that. vote for candidates. Cannot vote, do that with Donald Trump. Trump. They yeah. cannot do that with Donald Trump. They might be able to do that with DeSantis or somebody else. Right now, DeSantis is the golden boy. He can do no wrong. Look at the wife. Look at the kids. Look at the state. Peter King is not the Republican Party. Bo Deedle is not the Republican Party. The Republican Party, the people that call into the ABC, and I bet you if we opened it up to a poll right now, he would win 8-2 to over DeSantis. I hesitate to suggest that that's true. They want to win. And they don't want to lose to Joe Biden, that's for sure. If, in fact, you prop him up, you shoot him full of drugs, <laughs> and you wheel him out onto the stage like Fetterman, <laughs> who won against all odds. On a hand shock, you know, exactly. back on a hand shock. Now, let's look at, uh, when we come back, what happened here in New York, because uh, you've had an uh, um, opportunity to look at the numbers. I've had an opportunity to look at the numbers. And I think I can tell you from my perspective the difference. And uh, remember what I said. Ten days before November 8th, I saw them mobilized in the streets. The unions, Working Families Party, DSA, knocking on doors, getting out their vote. And Hochul is now beholden to them because without them, she might have lost to Lee Zeldin. He was cresting. On left versus right, it's Anthony Weiner. If you missed his show in the middle... He was on from 2 to 3, as he is every Saturday. He's got a series of podcasts. Just go to wabcradio.com for all your podcast needs. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. No, it's a dysfunctional family. Both here at WABC, amongst Republicans and Democrats, there's always internal bickering, fighting. Just as we spoke about DeSantis versus Trump, what did the New York Post just lay on their front page as they've gone all in for DeSantis to knock Humpty Dumpty uh, off of the uh, ledge that they call uh, Donald Trump? A new national poll gives Florida Governor Ron DeSantis a seven-point edge over former President Donald Trump amongst Republicans and independence-leaning Republicans. Now, this is just like all those polls that were done for uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin that led up to his loss. If you remember against Hochul, there was like every day another poll. I, I, he's close. He's, he's on. He's ahead. Places, is, I never heard of these polling. They just, I, I read this stat. There's a one polling outfit called uh, Trafalgar. They... They're right-leaning firm, but they're considered a because a firm because in 2016 they called they called Trump. They're one of the few that did. It's kind of like the broken clock is right twice a day theory. They were off by an average of seven points in the Republican direction on 13, in the 13 biggest Senate races. Yeah, you can't can't. I, I would not get too wrapped up in, in in the polls. I mean, I can tell you what Democrats are voting for. Democrats want a bloodbath. So go ahead, go 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 at it, you two. But I get to send us a lot of credit. What he did with redistricting, he showed us how to do it. He's everything Hochul wasn't. He showed us how to do redistricting because there's he he put judges on the court that would, that upheld his redistricting plan. Cuomo put this judge on the court who struck ours down. He knew how to make it. He knew how to make issues and make them stick. Well, I mean, let's face it. You Dems in New York were very greedy. I looked at, I, agree. I looked at some of those districts. It was like a Rorschach test. I mean, come on. I right, mean, but remember. It got struck down because there was a constitutional amendment we all put on the ballot saying no more partisan redistricting. Yes, yes. Okay? Who put that on the ballot? We, the governor and his people did. Like, what the heck? If you're going to 
<laughs> Make up your mind. Pick a lane here. But I think that um, but DeSantis really did. Remember, we up until a couple of years ago, we thought that Florida was a purple state. It yes. is deep, dark red now. Well, we it thought is. because of all the Puerto Ricans fleeing the Commonwealth from all the earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, they were predominantly Democrat. But no, it's changed. And I think a lot of it is the people who've escaped New York and New Jersey Could be were that. mostly Republicans. And also, I tell you, I got an early insight in this. My brother Jason opened up a restaurant down there shortly before COVID. He has one in the Hamptons, one in New York City, one down there. And I said, you know, what's it like? He was doing all the mask stuff. You know, is there a, are there liberal and conservative places in terms of mask mandates? And he says, no, everyone likes DeSantis. Everyone likes him. <laughs> like he says, Except like, in Broadway it's, County. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that could be. Is, but uh, down there, County. but he won Dade. Yes, he did you know? win Dade. He so, did win and, Dade. And, and there are, and, and he, he took, he basically flipped four state, four, between Florida and New York. If you take the two redistrictings, Florida, which was upheld, New York, which was overturned, that was the difference in the House for the Republicans. There's no right doubt. There. There's right no there. doubt. Yeah. Now, let's uh, look at that Latino vote that the Republicans keep saying is their next jump in the direction of being able to have parity in a lot of places, particularly in blue states. Uh, I analyzed uh, all the returns uh, for Zeldin, who I thought ran an amazingly good race for all the baggage he had. Remember, he was... Not only a Trumper, he signed the document not to certify the election. Uh, he wasn't only pro-life. He was pro-life in the instance of rape and incest. He didn't vacillate from that. You would have said going in, he's got no chance at all. Got, and the ads were coming at him. They were like every five seconds, boom, boom. You saw the crazy guy, you know, with the Viking hat, right. January 6th. Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Then you saw him signing the document not to verify. And then, of course, the abortion thing. He said, there's no way. And yet he found that one sliver, that one lane. And that was crime, crime, crime. Hochul just did not handle that well. She fumbled. She stumbled her way. The Democrats were uncomfortable with it. Eric Adams really didn't do her uh, any help. He started this, uh, the perception of crime, the perception of crime. And average everyday people who are not all apparatchiks would say, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm experiencing it. And Zeldin seemed, he was right on target. You know, you would ask him a question about abortion. He would do a pivot and shift to crime. It was yeah. crime, crime, crime. And up until 10 days before the election, the Democrats basically were asleep. A lot of the Democrats, first of all, DSA was not going to come out for Hochul. Uh, working Families Party was just yeah. going to basically mail it in. And then they had a meeting, a big sit-down with the unions. And they said, look, we don't get out there and go door-to-door and get our vote out. There's a really good chance that Zeldin will be the governor. Hoka will lose. And then there was $500,000 dropped. There was some street money. And I, I saw him. Remember, I told you, I see him everywhere. They're not in Republican areas. Of course, they're not going to waste their time. They went into the hardcore Democratic areas. Working Families Party were working on the white hipster millennials. Unions were working on the African-Americans, West Indians, Caribbeans. Many of them are union members, civil servants. And they got their vote out. And that's how they beat um, Congressman Zeldin, who was on his way to victory. Well, let me, let me say there's a couple of, couple of big winners in this, in this election. You know, the tabloids ain't what they used to be. But the Post ham, ha, they've hammered this. Hammered it every single day. Every time there was another crime, it made the front page. The TVs followed. The Daily News had a struggle to keep up. And, you know, you say that Eric Adams hemmed and hawed. Part of it was they couldn't arrive at a strategy. First, they tried to minimize. Then they tried to say, okay, it's not as bad as it is over there. Then they basically came, okay, we got to address this head on, but it was a little bit too late. Um, You know, that was a problem. 77 WABC was part of it. You know, we've, we're a much bigger station than we were even a year ago, and it was wall-to-wall Zeldin crime, Zeldin crime, Zeldin crime, Zeldin crime. And if I had the audacity to say, ah, crime's not so bad, I got, I got my butt kicked. So it, the, 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 the media and then a ton of dark money came in, mostly from, from Ron Lauder, came in to back it up. By the end of the, of the race, Zeldin had, enough, had more money on the air actually at the end than Hochul did reinforcing this crime thing. And a fourth thing is, a fundamental problem my Democratic friends make. Progressives don't like crime. It's a just as much a salient issue for a left-leaning person as a right-leaning person. If they feel unsafe, they want their government to do something about it. And they never, Hochul, if I, if I said right now, you're probably the most informed person in New York 
If I put a gun to your head and say, tell me three things that Hoka was in favor of doing to deal with crime, you'd have a tough time coming up no, with it. No, there is none. I mean, there was none of that going on. And what, what wound up happening, people who were animated by crime had a higher turnout. I think Democrats, I think by the end of the day, it's going to be lower than it was in 18. 18 was an off-the-charts day, off-the-chart time because we were reacting to Trump. Was, to, to Trump. I mean, look at it. You got, what, six million votes uh, in the Cuomo run against uh, Malinaro? There's yeah. nothing compelling. Yeah. But, but and, it was an anti-Trump vote. And he hit the magic number. He hit the magic number of 30% when Malinaro did 16 or 15 or 16%. Zeldin got the number here. We've learned a couple of things. We've learned that... The things that you pick a lieutenant governor for don't necessarily make them good governors, right? Hoka was not picked by Cuomo because she's ambitious, super sharp, really great politician. You don't, he would not choose a, a lieutenant governor for that. He's not going to elevate someone like that. And as a result, we saw kind of a lackluster candidate that, I mean, I hope she gets better in four years or she's going to have a primary from Letitia James or someone else in four years. Well, look, you know why she was chosen. Same way the way Stanley Lundin was chosen by Mario Cuomo to be his lieutenant governor, he left the House. In essence, that's where uh, Kathy Hochul made her bones politically. She was a House member for one, one two-year period, and then she lost to the Republican. Yeah, but she was, but in fairness, regional balance is always a thing, gender balance. I mean, let's face it, Zeldin did the same thing with his lieutenant governor candidate, gender balance, regional balance, ethnic balance. Yeah, that's why they do it. And as it turned out, our our colleague uh, David Patterson turned out to be to be governor. He was at least he was a leader of the legislature for many years. He knew what he was doing. Um, but Hochul is not that great. Not that great. Well, she uh, now owes the Working Families Party, AOC, the DSA, and the unions. The moderate Democrats could not deliver it to yeah, her. Yeah, but in if the end. but if she turns her back on the moderate message that she got in this election, she's making a big mistake. Yeah, but you we, know we want something to be done on crime. Ten days before November eighth, she made a deal because they came out in force. You don't think all of a sudden they did a uh, as Eric Adams would say a pivot and shift, yeah, and started hitting the doors yep. and hitting the streets because they loved Hochul. No, they don't like Hochul. They made a deal, and they're going to hold her hand to the fire. Eric Adams could not deliver the moderate Democrats. Look how many got wiped out in Brooklyn. You know how I know? Because I campaigned yeah, against yeah, them. Yeah. I got the Republicans elected. So the point is moderate Democrats lost, uh, left-wing Democrats won, and they came through for Kathy Hochul when she needed them. Moderate Democrats were not there when she needed them. Yep, but she has. she's got a college. It's going to be tough for her. Because remember, Eric Adams is going to ask him for her to, to do some kind of moderate things on. Yeah, he wants a billion dollars, right, for the uh, saying, for yeah. the migrants. He ain't getting. He's getting Ugats, Bubkas. Anyway, up next, the rebirth, the resurrection of Andrew Cuomo. I hear his voice on the five o'clock roundtable edition, and I have nightmares. Hmm. This guy is like a zombie. He just keeps coming back for more and more, and he reinvents himself every time he talks here. And everywhere else. I'm surprised he didn't invite you for his podcast. He's there. totally ripping me off. He's doing this whole middle thing. He's totally ripping me off. Of course. But isn't that what a lot of politicians do, both on the right, Imitation on the left, and the, the in-between? It's the best form of flattery. Anthony Weiner here and all of his podcasts. You can get at WABCRadio.com. Up next, the rebirth, the resurrection of Andrew Cuomo. But you can't stay because you've been somewhere. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Well, well. 
Ohio players. Ohio is now a red state. I think we can certify Florida and Ohio as red states. But lo and behold, I mentioned uh, the grave digger for the Republicans going way back to Richard Nixon's Roger Stone. He knows where everyone's political bones are buried and who buried them. Remember, he was the campaign manager for Al, Al Sharpton's presidential run in the Democratic really? primary. Yeah, he has an apartment right up in Harlem. But he knows. He's like the J. Edgar Hoover. He's got a file on everyone. Our owner-operator, John Casamitidis, just sent us this video. Roger Stone says it's a miracle he survived a car accident this week. And I got to tell you, it is. When you look at the debris and whatever caused it, it's accident. How he got out of that car alive is beyond me. Was this a preemptive strike by the DeSantis uh, <laughs> supporters? Remember, they got to take out Roger Stone. He is the wartime consigliere for Donald Trump. Is that? Don't you find that ironic? We just talked about yeah. the importance of Roger Stone, and it just so happens he had a life-threatening accident. You look at this debris, yeah. you said... How the hell did Roger Stone walk away from this in one piece? Sleeping with the fishes, yeah. yeah. They, this is getting very Godfather-esque. It's, it totally is. They're going to the mattresses. I know, I mean, I. it's funny also to watch DeSantis and his wife try to do this, like I'm the true messenger from God to try to get these the crazy of the Republican Party. Look, it, it either happens or it doesn't. I, I, I think one of the reasons why Trump is so eager to run is he's got the Justice Department breathing down his neck, and I'm sure Roger Stone feels that too. Roger Stone, you know, just because he's been – He's been pardoned for one thing. doesn't mean he's pardoned for everything. So it, it's going to be. Well, I can't tell you this. Uh, I never met DeSantis, uh, but there are people that I know in Florida who have known him when he was coming up uh, the ranks. And Trump did boost him. Without Trump, he would never have become governor. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But when was he elected? Uh, 16, right? Yeah, the last cycle against, remember, a guy who, Gilliam who was considered maybe a future Barack Obama. He was very good on right. the stump, very right. intelligent. He, he came close. And then, he, then his whole personal life fell apart. And then he beat in the primary this guy who I served with, whose name I can't remember. Yeah, look, he, he, he seems very talented. I think the cupboard is bared for, for Republicans right but, now. But I will tell you this. People that I know have said they supported DeSantis early on. His ego now is so humongous you need a crane to get him in and out of a room in Tallahassee. Yeah. That could hurt you, especially amongst people who were there for you when nobody was there for you. I think that's right. But if ego was a liability, no politician would ever run for anything. I mean, look, the, he's going to – I I think DeSantis can make a very good case, but – to the people that he needs to make the case to, actual primary voters, I think it's going to be hard to do. To the insiders, to the Peter Kings, to the to the hosts at, at 77, yeah, they're, they're, those people are smart enough well, to, to make a process wait, 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 argument. You see, that's where the division is here. As you know, I've always been a never-Trumper, so they don't, and they don't really want me because now they're new Jack, new <laughs> never-Trumpers. They don't trust me. But you look, starting at 12 noon, Greg Kelly, hardcore Trumper. Rudy Giuliani, hardcore Trumper. James Golden, hardcore Trumper. Uh, Sid, Trumper, but he's vacillating now. He's vacillating because all of his guests, his long-term friends. Also, he's too busy having dinner with Mayor Adams. Like, oh, that, we'll that talk, takes a lot we'll of time. We'll talk about that later on. Right. He's promised he's going to get Rudy and Adams together, right. and he's going he's gonna to do a shit-out. But uh, there is a, a real division here. Uh, uh, Mark Levine, he's a Trumper, but he was warning the Trump lawyers, lay off a DeSantis. He's a good man. A lot of conservatives like him. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, but isn't Rupert Murdoch, with the Post and with Fox, the he's the straw that stirs the drink? Absolutely. Don't, don't they follow whatever, he was, whatever they say? You could have been any more friendly than I was with the New York Post. The former yeah. publisher, Paul Carlucci, is the godfather of my oldest son, yeah. Anthony. And then all of a sudden, he just determined Eric Adams. I didn't even get to sit down in an yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I was the Republican candidate. No, he's the new face of the Democratic Party. He's the future president. Not the personal, Curtis. This is all business. Right, right. So with Rupert, and now, it's all now business. it's run by guys from England, guys from Australia. Yeah, but all, I just think that it's, Mur it's Murdoch's call. And he, they, he's decided... He wants DeSantis. He's had a falling out with Trump. There's no yeah. doubt about it. It's two, like two Brahma bulls in a shop. They're at each other's throats. Uh, they're both survivors. They've both been through wars before. And you know, 
as soon as you think they're enemies for life, they could just as easily flip the script and start sleeping right. with one another again, which they've done before. Right. Well, look what look at Adams. Adam woke up one morning. He was the he was the darling boy one one morning, and then then it started going sideways on crime, and the Post jettisoned him in a hurry. He called the New York Post racist. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. The racist boycott the New York Post. But they yeah. forgave and forgot. Now, let's get to Andrew Cuomo. The resurrection, uh, the rebirth, the vampire is coming back slowly but surely. He's climbing his way in, and he's recrafting his mention, his, right. his whole nature. He's now the moderate, quasi-law and order. Cuomo, right. I told you so. I told you so. Right. And yet anybody who watched him. He's the author of No Bail, the No Cash Bail. He not only promoted it, he signed it. He didn't stand in the way of it in the Assembly or the State Senate. He encouraged it. He championed it. Now, all of a sudden, it like never comes up in its well, discussion. Well, if you want to, I mean, I did the whole litany. He, the, re, the, the, the failure on redistricting, that was basically him. It didn't happen at the final day when he was still there, but he set it up. It was his judge, his appointed judge, that he did a deal with Republicans to get a conservative judge that turned a, that struck those down. The crime changes that you talked about, that he comes on and he's like, oh, my goodness, we shouldn't have done that. He did them. All of he, them. He did. All of them. The corruption that went on in his, never mind, you know, Buffalo Billions was a dirty word long before Kathy Hochul came along with stadiums. His scandal, which, unlike Anthony Weiner, I've said mea culpa, I've taken my responsibility, I went to prison, I've made trying to make amends. He still acts like he's he's a victim. He's a victim. And finally, he left a party infrastructure that is a Potemkin village. There was nothing going on there behind it because they really worked for him and him only. There was no party building for anyone else. Hochul did not build this. And I'll go one more. He picked Hochul because she was weak. And that's not a sign of a leader, someone who picked someone because he wanted Western New York. Remember, he had. No, but I mean, he didn't. There's all kinds of Western New York politicians who would have been. I know, but still, in his mind, remember, Mario Cuomo lost to Pataki. He was obsessed with Buffalo. No doubt. Now, notice, Zeldin lost to uh, uh, Hochul by 5%. Only a small amount there. One of the few mistakes he made is when he attacked the Buffalo Stadium. You know, he said, oh, it's paid for play, it's corruption. Oh, yeah, they love their Buffalo Bills. May, yeah, I, I think that that might be right. He seemed to have lost his appetite for that fight towards the end. I, think I know, but looking it, at the, the, numbers. the but damage was already I done. I think that's right. But i just saying, getting back to the point about Cuomo, and I don't harbor him any ill will and whatever. I think, you know, I, I'm the last person who should say that someone can't come back and have their voice heard, and I give John Katsutinus a lot of credit for having him on and letting him talk. But this whole don't look at me, look at the guy behind the tree that he's doing right now is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, he made this foundation that looked that turned out to be really, really weak. He put us largely in in this position. Um, well, remember the way he kept the balance of power. He created that IDF. Remember, independent Democrats who sided with Republicans. The only one who ever survived that in the aftermath was Diane Savino, who's now with the Eric Adams administration. Right. She left to shut. If you notice, all the rest of them. The DSA, Working Families Party, took him out in revenge. No, he was – the crazy thing is about Andrew Cuomo, he was the guy with the fingers in the dike holding back the Democratic supermajority for three three cycles. Yes. It was him. Um, and so I think the condition that the party is in today, which is clearly when you looked, it atrophied. I didn't see much presence. You're right. There was a last-minute insurgent in, in, in a surge from, from the, the – the Working Families Party, there was a surge from the from the Democratic Socialists of America. Okay. And the unions. The unions. And the them. unions, of course. And all of those groups would, under normal circumstances, be working hand in glove with the party. Yeah. Well, the Andrew Cuomo version of the party was him and him alone. And I think ultimately that didn't serve us very well. Well, look, he didn't build a bench. You're absolutely correct. But neither did Michael Mbadicic, Rudy Giuliani, when he was mayor, nor George Pataki. I mean, think. The only one who's ever built a bench is your guy, Chuck Schumer. Right, but here's a very big difference when you are, I mean, Rudy and Pataki, they were the most unusual of unusual cases. The perfect campaign at the perfect moment that needed, like, it's almost like. They, but who from their administration, I know, but who their bench, you, you, ended you, up running for office? You can't, you, but who would ever have an opportunity? After Rudy, there was not going to be, if it were not for 9-11 and a billionaire, there would not be a Republican after him either. I'm not sure it's a function. Now, I do see a lot of people from the Giuliani administration 
you know, uh, Joe Loda, for example, who who ran against Sean Katzmatis in 2013. He was the worst mayoral candidate. And the only, let's be honest, the only reason he beat John Katzmatis in that primary is in the last month, all you saw was Rudy endorsing him on TV. People thought they were voting for Rudy. No, that's exactly right. Rudy Washington comes and participates in in the the, the, the roundtable with with John Katzmatis. There are guys, there are even some guys who are helping out Adams quietly and things like that. All that being said. Right, but they've all tried to get people elected. They've failed. I know, but when you're a Republican Your guy, York, as much as I hate Chuck Schumer, he can look at 20 different people. All over them, exactly. He's developed them. He's trained them. He understands the importance of a bench. Republicans don't have that. I guess that's and right. And Cuomo is the cult of Cuomo, of course. Well, he, right. wasn't, he wasn't going to start developing people. It was all about Cuomo. It was all about Rudy. It was all about Pataki. They did not develop a bench. Well, I got to tell you, don't you think that's the first thing Hochul does now? It's just cl- cleans house. Well, she had a chance. She could have gotten rid of Jacob. Yeah, I'm not sure that she really did. Think about how tight, how compressed everything was. She takes office, and a couple of months later, she has to appear on the ballot in a primary. She's got Letitia James. She's got to fend off. I'm not sure she was really in a position. And the other thing about Hochul is that I don't know she never was in a job that required her coming up with ideas for things to do. I don't think she was really – I mean, she's an accidental governor. You know, Zeldin says it. It's not untrue. I don't want to be being kind because it's not her fault, but she was a little bit of an accidental think, governor. think, because nowadays you want to be lieutenant governor when a uh, governor is a Democrat. At any moment they may have That's to true. leave in chains and shackles and go to the big house, not the White House. <laughs> That's true. Here was Tom Suozzi, right, at that time running against Spitz, who had all kinds of money. The polls said, oh, Spitz is going to kill him in the Democratic primary, 80-20. Egocentric Tom Suozzi. The Spitzer people come and they say, why don't you give this up and just run as lieutenant governor with us? It'll be a strong ticket. No, I'm going to be the governor. And who lucked out? My husband-in-law, David Patterson, who was up there in Harlem. They said, you know something? Tom Suozzi said, no. How'd you like to be uh, our lieutenant yeah. governor candidate? He got the call when Spitzer had to exit stage left because he didn't want to go to jail on the Man Act, a federal charge. That would have been Swazi. Everything that Swazi does, yeah, he and, shoots himself in the foot. And we lost his seat. And now watch. This is my prediction. Because housing is so critical in New York City, and Eric Adams does not have a plan on this like he doesn't have on other things. He will now want Swazi to come in and become the czar of housing. Oh, that's which, interesting. I believe will be a good move. Would be a good move. And you don't, you don't no, think Swazi no, runs for his old seat? No. I'm no Tom Swazi fan. Santos, George Santos, they wanted me to run for that seat. They had me come out to Nassau County, Cairo, and everyone looking at the map. I said, guys, I'm not, uh, I'm not a carpet bag. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah. running for Cairo. And George Santos really well, ran a good at, race the first time. That was at the time when it had some queens in it. Does it still have queens in yeah, it? Yeah, a little bit. Not yeah. as much. But when it had a lot of queens, they yeah. said, oh, Curtis, you won this overwhelmingly. Right. You won the Republican. district. Yeah, that was your area of queens. Yeah, I don't know. That That might not be a bad play. I don't I don't know if Swazi is a team kind of guy. I'm not sure he's an apparatchik well, kind of guy. Well, mayors have tried that before. Remember, Herman Badillo. Herman Badillo left Congress to become deputy, deputy mayor for Ed Koch, and that lasted a few oh, months. Oh, that's crazy. And that then remember... Crazy. Guy Molinari left Congress to become borough president in Staten Island. So it's sometimes Well, no, that's not a terrible idea. You get to be home. Maybe, you know, you get to be around. He wanted to be a local political player. Think of your Stanley Lundin. You left Congress to be lieutenant governor for Mario Cuomo because you thought he would take the plane to New Hampshire, sign the papers, and run for the presidency. It's called playing the long con. Exactly. You leave Congress. (laughs) Delgado. You're expecting something in return. Left versus right. Yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, Anthony Weenie. If you missed his solo show in the middle, just go to WABCRadio.com for all your podcasting needs. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's the left 
versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. New York City girl, are you kidding? The other morning, uh, our morning guy, the uh, straw that stirs the drink here at WABC, Sid Rosenberg, declared himself to be the king of New York. I don't know if you ever saw that movie with Christopher Crazy Man Walken, the king of New York. He is not uh, Christopher Walken. Although he's king here at WABC because when you do morning drive, that's where all the listeners are. And if you have a good start, in the morning, which he's had a great start, first with Bernard McGurk, uh, and now as he's gone solo, then you can help the rest of us in this relay race, because yep. that's what it is. But he has decided to go beyond just being a morning talk show host of the number one uh, show on the number one station in our tri-state area, WABC. He wants a Nobel Peace Prize. He fancies himself as Jimmy Carter. He wants to do a shidach. After he had uh, dinner with Eric Adams, he and his wife, Danielle, had a very long dinner with... Uh, was it ever disclosed where they went? Did they go to Michael's? Uh, no, because they were afraid that I would show up. And I, I would have. <laughs> I would have just shown up. The Adams people would have said, what are you doing here? I would have said, hey, shit invited me. But uh, at an unknown location, apparently it was a very long meeting. And, uh, I mean, Sid was crowing, cavelling. Kvelling, he said he got a commitment out of Eric Adams to have a sit-down with Rudy Giuliani. This is like mixing ammonia and bleach. Uh, he interviewed Rudy soon after. Rudy said, thank you, I'm, I'm down for it. I'll put aside our differences. Let's just talk crime because, let's face it, I, I know how to get this city back on track. And apparently, according to uh, Sid, Eric Adams is on board with this now. Um... Eric Adams is at war with the left wing of his Democratic Party now. He He's thrown the gauntlet down. They raised money for a campaign to get Democrat uh, moderates elected against DSA, a working families party. Didn't work out too well. So he's really, he's thrown the gauntlet down. He needs friends in a lot of different places, and he needs some help. You ever th- imagine that this will happen, a, a meal, a sit-down meal, in which the rules and regulations will be established? We're just talking law enforcement, public safety, no politics, between our mayor now, Eric Adams, and our former mayor, Rudy Giuliani, as uh, the Nobel Prize peace winner. He's already, you know, styling and profiling the medal. Sid Rosenberg feels he can he can negotiate for this coming week before Thanksgiving. Well, let me just... Let's, let me say this. First of all, Sid gets a lot, I give Sid a lot of credit. He has somehow managed to walk this line. He's been very critical of Eric Adams. Maybe not Sliwa-level Adams derangement syndrome, but he's been pretty critical of Eric Adams. And I give Adams a lot of credit for recognizing how influential Sid and the station is and that, you know, there's a lot of potential votes in them there, Hill. So I give them both a lot of credit for putting their differences aside. I will eat this table. If this Giuliani Adams thing goes on, I just don't. I I mean, you would have to have be superhuman in your negotiating skills. Now, I know they both said, you know, Adams said privately, Rudy said it publicly that they would sit down. I am very, very skeptical. I'm very skeptical, but I I think that Adams should. I think that Adams should have taken a, a different posture with Rudy Giuliani. I think that you we are capable of holding many thoughts at once. One is. What he's done with the with the with the president, you might not like or approve of, and think that it's outrageous. But on the issue of crime and the issue of municipal governance and the issue of caring and loving and loving our city and having ideas, I, I would have gathered any past mayor's influence and, and ideas that I could have. And so I think it's a good thing if they pull it off. I am dubious. Now, what are the negatives? Now, I what have, are, what are I the... have been invited. You know. Oh, you have been. Well, they need someone who knows how to speak Democrat and speak Republican. They need someone in the middle uh, to be able to translate. So all, all of a sudden, you're muscling your I'm, way in. I'm, that's, I'm only there as an interpreter because, you know, Sid, <laughs> when he gets into those two- and three-syllable words, it's not it's not his natural place but there. what are the dangers for Eric Adams in doing this? Because Rudy, 
amongst moderate liberal Democrats. We're talking about uh, those that helped uh, elect Eric Adams after they left Kathy Garcia and they left Maya Wiley because they had a choice of me, which is like to them voting for Rudy Giuliani <laughs> too, or Eric Adams. What does that do for him? How does he explain that to he them? He doesn't have to. I mean, he says, I'm the mayor. I meet with everybody. I meet with everybody. I don't agree with people, but I, I get And to his credit, what is Eric Adams showing you this week? He's showing you he does. He sits down. He's, you know, he sits down with Sid. Has a long with a long dinner with with Sid and his wife, and 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 now is, is showing at least an, an, an open to an opening to to, uh, to 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 someone that he's been very critical of. This says a lot about Eric Adams. Listen, it does. I, it does. I know, you don't, like no, 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 I, I know does, you don't like him. I know you don't like him. But one thing about Eric Adams, I do believe he has a sense that he can get ideas and advice from a lot of different places. So long as the meetings are at zero bond at 2 a.m., and there's a little tequila involved. Uh, Rudy will not be going to the zero bond. But uh, I bet you there's got to be some cigar bar that... Uh, oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. There are many of them in the city. But just as he said that, he then took off for Puerto Rico. He's in Puerto Rico now with his police commissioner, Sewell, who's been there all week. I know. For your, for your listeners, is this annual um, conference called SOMOS that goes on down in Puerto Rico right after the election. Democrats gather down there. So it's not that unusual that he's down there. I know, but we, we have a crime crisis. Everyone acknowledges that. What Ho- the hell Hochul's is, down there, too. All right, but Letitia what is James the is police there. commissioner doing down there? Well, you know, you can make an argument that she that she's got to get known. <laughs> that she, I, I, I mean, she's an important figure in the city. There are a lot of elected officials who are down there. Now, that is the place that you should be if you want to... Get wine dined in pocket line by the lobbyists. A little bit, yep, a little bit of that. It's offshore, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. There are casinos right down the block from the hotel. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, how's Eric Adams' Bitcoin doing right away? (laughs) Lousy. Yeah. Him and Suarez. Remember Suarez, the Republican? He wanted to run for president based on being the Bitcoin mayor. He wanted to run for president. I had a chance to meet with him. He came up to New York when the hurricane was hitting uh, Hurricane Ian. That wasn't oh, that yeah, one. Right. And he tells a gathering of people, he goes, oh, we don't have a drug problem in Miami. And he's looking at me. I'm like, and he started mentioning neighborhoods like Carroll Gardens, Liberty City, Overtown. And, no, we don't have a drug problem in Miami. I think he's got some tuning up to do before <laughs> he takes this nationally. If there's anything people will think of Miami as having, it's drug problem. Now, though... It's a Republican enclave. With DeSantis's victory, uh, that area of Miami. Yeah, but I mean, all these Bitcoin guys that were keeping De- keeping Suarez afloat, probably putting a lot of money into DeSantis. You know where they all are right now? They're in Puerto Rico. They're at Somos because <laughs> they have tax breaks there. Before they all go bankrupt, the Bitcoin bandits, the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers, the blockchain ripoff artists. I hope they all implode. They'll be back. They'll be back, just like Pets.com and all those other Internet bubble companies. Yeah, you keep thinking that, Butch. You keep thinking that. Anyway, I'll be back, that's for sure. As you know, tonight, 12 midnight to 6 in the morning, I've repaired my tooth, so it won't be as excruciating. And then I finish my Quinella the rest of the weekend, 3 to 5 on Sunday, and then back 9 to 12. And then we get back to our normal programming. But up next... He is the Staten Island kid, Vinny Madugno, after we do some uh, promos of our podcast. I can't wait to hear them right here at WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.